everybody. Welcome to Unaired, the show where we watch TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how they could have continued. I'm Ed, and with me, I have a special guest today. Hello. I have Greg from Rumor Flies. He has his own production company, In-Depth Media. He produces another podcast, Jack of Trades. Yeah, it's uh, it's been way too much time podcasting and playing with expensive pieces of glass and cameras. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this week we watched... Oh, actually, do you want to tell everybody about your shows? Yeah, sure. Um, so as you mentioned, In-Depth Media, it's my film production company. We're based out of New Orleans. Um, and the two shows I mainly produce are Rumor Flies, which is kind of like Snopes meets Mythbusters. Um, it's... Uh, you look into your like famous urban urban legends and rumors and myths and kind of these giant games of telephone that happen in society and we research it so you don't have to. Um, and uh, we also look at the historical background and origins of some of these myths. So things like did Coca Cola ever have cocaine in it? Um, did Walt Disney have himself cryogenically frozen? <laughs> and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, Jack to Trades is a comic book review show. Um, I two by uh, by the way, rumor flies is with them. Ryan and Josh, the two co-hosts. And then uh, Jacks of Trades is a comic book review show. They go really, really intensely in-depth into the story, um, reviewing currently running issues as well as bigger graphic novels and books and other issues from just the history of comics. And uh, it's a really fun review show that Mike and Davis do, and they're very, very, very good and have some excellent analysis. So, yeah, please check those out. Yeah, Rumor Flies is definitely like one of my top five podcasts. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Good to hear that. I've, I've really enjoyed listening to On Air and following y'all. It's uh, I, I still remember, I think I mentioned it to you before, uh, the first episode I heard was Heil Honey, I'm Home. And I just was, it's, I was dying. I just was like, <laughs> I, I was, it was ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I just couldn't even believe that that got greenlit and y'all were so fun to listen to and hear your commentary about it. Oh, thank you. So this week we uh, watched a unaired pilot it never got picked up it was called Lipshit saves the world um it's so about ridiculous this, it's it's so <laughs> it's just bonkers <laughs> it's basically the premise is this kid adam Lipschitz. he finds out that he's like the one sort of like it's kind of like neo from the matrix type thing like you are the one except instead of morpheus leslie nielsen tells him that yeah <laughs> So, yeah, that's basically kind of the whole, like, premise of the show. He's just trying to save the world. Yeah, I was reading some of the, the descriptions for it to kind of, like, figure out where they're... Because the, the, the pilot doesn't really give you a good sense of where they're going, to be honest. And it seemed like it's, like, this whole concept revolved around this idea of, like, all these... Cele- it's like a celebrity superhero league. It's like the weird... <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know where they got this idea. And he's just for some, like, Mary Sue reason critical to it all right it's like almost like suicide squad for celebrities yeah essentially and uh it was uh a little less jared leto and um yeah the, uh it, it yeah leslie nielsen kind of like has this pack and it has um what's his face from a uh, modern family i always forget his name ty burrell yeah ty burrell thank you and uh, he's kind of like a He's kind of a Satan figure, but he's not like the devil i or maybe he is i I, I wasn't quite clear on that yeah, they never, like, fully explain it. They just kind of call him the man in red. Yeah, and he's, like, wearing a red suit and literally, like, at an Applebee's seduces this woman, kind of, by saying he's going to do horrible things. I don't know. It was, it was like, it really straddles. I think it's going to be a theme, this whole discussion. There's, it straddles the line of a 
absurd comedy and creepy to the point of being uncomfortable, but not in that kind of like Ben Stiller uncomfortable way. It's just kind of like, I'm like, ha ha ha, I guess that's kind of funny and totally doesn't steer along the line of sexual assault and other themes. Like, (laughs) it definitely had a lot of that. (laughs) It was like very borderline. Yeah, it, 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 again, it's I'm all, I'm into off color humor, but sometimes I'm like, Ooh, okay, I'm not that writing need to be double checked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So the uh, show starts off with Adam Lipschitz just chilling in class, and like the teacher's doing attendance, calling his name, and he essentially is like, "Hey, like, f you." I don't know why I censored myself. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I should have that. Um, what's the uh, what's the? I, I think y'all are good on profanity, but I always double check. Uh, I don't want to make your life more difficult. I mean, obviously, I'm guessing within reason, but I don't need to watch my language too much, huh? No, you're good. <laughs> so the principal, or uh, he's in class. They're uh, doing attendance, and he has this like what turns out to be a fantasy of him saying like, "Hey, teacher, fuck you." Then he goes over to this girl Rebecca that he has a crush on makes out with her, pulls out a bra from his pocket and goes, you left this at my place. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was so ridiculous. <laughs> it was so bizarre. And like a bully comes yeah. up to punch him and he like grabs his fist and like starts swinging it at his face. Yeah, it was just basically a revenge fantasy in class, like his little daydreaming. And he's like, I don't learn anything in here. Like this super edge lord monologue of just like, you know, I'm, I'm so much better than this, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was, it was just so cringy, which I actually was kind of on board because I was like, all right, this is funny. It's kind of a funny caricature and, you know, it's 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 this like fake edgy and I, I it felt at least like it was shot and done in a way that was so over the top that I was like, all right, this is kind of funny. Although when he pulled out her panties or boxers or whatever, I mean, sorry, her bra or whatever, he like, that was like, I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, hold up. It's like, yes, you left these here last time. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Then they reveal it was all a daydream, and there's like Adam Lipschitz. He goes here, and that's when we get the title card. Not really a sequence. It just yeah. basically is like just the text says Lipschitz saves the world. Yeah, very like '80s, you know, uh, high school, you know, rom com thing. It, it was very much yeah. You, it was playing paying homage to a lot of obvious tropes. Mm. Yeah, it was definitely like it was edging towards parody almost. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so he's, uh, you know, walking through the hallway. He uh, sees Rebecca, the girl he has a crush on. And the bully from his daydream comes over. He's like, lip shits. He turns. The bully, like, throws him into a locker. It, but it's, like, not like a normal throw. It's, like, essentially like he was on wires, like, lifted up and hoisted into the locker. He goes home, tells his mom he forgot his shin guards. And his mom is just sitting watching Jerry Springer, which she always does, like, Every time we see her in this show, she's sitting there watching Jerry Springer. Yeah, I was like, is it a funny thing? Or they got the rights to that and then just kind of like threw their hands off. Like, all right, good enough. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, we but, paid so yeah, much so much for the rights for Jerry Springer. We got to use it every chance we get. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just very much, again, it's this trope of like, oh, the nerdy high school kid who can't get his break and like everything visual already is like, obviously his time is coming, right? It's It's a... It's, it's, you can just, it's telling you from a mile away what kind of shit, I mean, it's called lip shit saves the world. Like clearly 
Although I, a part of me was going like, oh, maybe it's going to be this. Uh, he's kind of like Scrubs, where JD has all those uh, flat, you know, his uh, little dream sequences in his right. mind, his little fantasies. And I was like, oh, maybe that's kind of what's going to be that he views himself as having larger life potential. And then all of a sudden, you know, the man in red. But again, getting ahead of myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was going to be the same thing. Like it was just going to be revealed. Leslie Nielsen was just like a figment of his imagination or something. Yeah, the the the, the reality of that was interesting. But anyway. <laughs> So he go he uh, gets home, tells his mom he forgot his shin guards for soccer. She says those things smell like cheese, and tells him that there's bagel dogs in the fridge. Because obviously, you know, no one can pick up those bagel bites. But you know, again, licensing gotta love exactly. it. Exactly, bagel dogs can't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it, yeah, just the whole uh, yeah. Go ahead, keep going. I've, I've made the point a thousand times. It's just like so stereotypical, just. 80s nerd can't get it you know can't catch a break exactly (laughs) so he uh goes to his room grabs his uh shin guards eats a bagel dog and he walks out into the living room and his mom just goes she's gonna call the black guy a you know what and then they're gonna fight and leslie nielsen is in the chair next to her and he's just chilling there and lipschitz says this can't be happening leslie nielsen says it is happening and don't call me shirley I, I didn't I didn't say Shirley. Oh, usually that's the first thing people say to me. So kind of like a whole riff on his airplane thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, you know, it I don't know that 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 was definitely when I started. I mean, as if the it hadn't really hooked me yet. I was kind of like starting to get a feel for it. But when they did that, I was like, oh, God, it's way too self-referential already. Like this is like way, way too meta as it, I don't know, it just was that wasn't even a low-hanging fruit i don't even know what to call that <laughs> <laughs> that was like fruit on the ground <laughs> it really was it, uh, i'm not trying to be like a super downer i try to give everything a fair shake but the moment that happened i was just rolling my eyes like oh my god like, don't <laughs> like you have one of the most amazing talent like forces of comedy in cinema history and like this is uh, like a, yeah it was not I was not on board. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like his whole role in this show was to like just be airplane. Like that they it probably is, were just, it's, Yeah. Yeah, it's just hey look, it's Leslie Nielsen. Ha ha ha, you know. Yeah. Oh, do a funny. Ha ha. Yeah, like that. Like Gary Coleman and uh, Avenue Q. Yeah. So, we get another uh classic uh Nielsen-esque delivery when Adam says, "Why are you here?" and Leslie says, "Well, my mother and father got drunk and didn't use protection." That's not so important now. (laughs) So Leslie explains, you are he, which is what all the celebrities refer to him as, is he, and that he's meant like for something greater and the fate of the world rests in Adam's hands. Yeah, it's very prophecy, like, oh, he's, again, this is Mary Sue. He's he's just like arbitrarily important. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. They never really give a reason, but you know. He just is. And maybe if the show had been fleshed out further, we would have found out that, like, he's some cosmic child of a la Star-Lord or some nonsense. But yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> he's, but for some reason, this kid's thing and, yeah, you go ahead. I, I feel like I just keep cutting you off as you go oh, through no, the story. Fine. It's just every step <laughs> of the story, it just, I'm just like, oh, my God, give me something to grapple onto. And what's crazy is reading stuff about this. There are people who are like, oh, man, this should have gotten more episodes. It was going to be amazing. And I'm like, did you, did we watch the same pilot i'm not i'm not i'm not sure how you could be gung-ho about this but whatever (laughs) so leslie tells him to be wary of the man in red and await for further instructions 
and tells him, I was at the Scary Movie 4 press junket, and I got some instructions, blah, blah, blah. Talks about Anna Faris, putting him under his wing, and he gets into a limo. And the license plate is Naked Gun, but there's like an 8 in there. It's like a weird, very weird scene. So we cut to Adam at his soccer game, and he's staring at Rebecca because she's a cheerleader. And the man in red, a.k.a. Ty Burrell, appears behind her. And he kind of like gets hit by a, I think he gets hit by a soccer ball, falls over. And the man in red goes, oh, it's time for us to get better acquainted. And they go to Applebee's. It was, I don't know. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> I don't even know what commentary to give there. It's just like, it's like, okay, right? Yeah, he, he, it was a very sinister moment and all this stuff. And they're like, haha, I went to an Elbies. And he like orders that cocktail, whatever he like described. I, I didn't even understand that scene, to be honest. He's like, gives the ingredients of the Applebee cocktail thing, whatever it was called, the Applebee teeny or whatever. Yep. <laughs> and, but he gives it by ingredient and she says what he wants. She's like, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, trying to, I'm like, I'm not. I don't know. It felt very The Room-esque where it was like, it wasn't even nonsense dialogue or like pointless. Like people have pointless dialogue all the time. It's just character. It's showing just a little bit of slice of life. I get that. But as the scene happened, I'm like, is this supposed to be funny? Am I like, haha, Applebee's? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it was, you're right. It was very similar to The Room. The only thing missing was like Ty Burrell going, oh, hi, doggy. Yeah, exactly. It really did feel like that, though. Just like someone just being like, you're my favorite customer or something. Just you're yeah. like, well, I don't, I, it didn't, I don't know. It just felt like a amalgamation of random dialogues. But anyway. It felt like they like <laughs> took like half a script and had somebody get very high while writing it. And yeah. like the first half was like the normal person writing it. You know, it just occurred to me, you know what I think is probably going on? I think they probably leaned on them to improv and gave them a rough outline but like even the best improv people like you got to give them something like not even lines but you got to give them a little motivation stuff but if it's just like all right you're at applebee's now order a drink like i I, I can feel like that's literally what happened but i don't know i I wasn't there (laughs) well apparently neither was ty burrell i think he was phoning then but (laughs) oh god yeah that was so flat he was so flat so this is where we get the scene you were talking about earlier where he's talking to the waitress and he says, as we eagerly await our Applebee riblets, they're like ribs, but smaller. You will give me your phone number. I will call you this weekend. You will come over and let me do horrible things to you. And there's very sinister music starts playing. And then like we see the waitress. She's got like a blank expression. And then she just goes, okay. With like a huge like, smile super on her plucky face. And like, yeah. like it was <laughs> just, and again, like we're saying, it's just that line of you're like, I get the Joker going for it. It's like, haha, he's the devil. And like, he does depraved sex acts. Like, I get it. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. they found a way to make that somehow worse than it sounds. I don't, right. <laughs> it's hard to describe. It really is one of those ones. Like, y'all just, it's just, if you watch it, you're like, uh, I don't know why I'm so uncomfortable. I just really am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you feel like you need to shower after watching this. It does, it does kind of give that sensation. And in a quick digression, when I first saw, y'all showed me the list of all the stuff we could pick and, and you know, y'all let me kind of steer what I thought and I grabbed this and watched it the first time. And I, when I saw Lipschitz save the world, a small part of me, knowing it probably wasn't going to be the case, was hoping that this was going to be like Dr. Lipschitz from Rugrats. <laughs> I was hoping that we were going to get some weird romp with him as the main character in like live action format. And like... <laughs> And so we're like 
at this point in this in this pilot, we're what like eight minutes in, maybe ten minutes in. We're not yeah. even we're getting to the halfway point or so, or maybe we're just laughter if I remember, if memory serves. And I'm like, all I was thinking at this point, I was like, you know, I just want to see Doctor Lipschitz come in here and be all stereotypically German. I'm just that's what, that's <laughs> like that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But instead, I've got you know Darrell here being creepy, not Satan, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been amazing if this was the Rugrats spinoff we never got. Well, exactly. And like the <laughs> thing is the kid, like he kind of was the like nasally nerdy, like I get, I was like, okay, maybe he's going to, but then he opened his mouth like, ah, damn it. Like he doesn't have a German accent. It's not what I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I mean, Ty Burrell might not have been his dad. Maybe Dr. Lipschitz was. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> There's our connection. <laughs> I'm going to choose to believe that's where the show was headed. Oh, of course. That's the only way it could have gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he goes, oh, yeah, Leslie Nielsen told me, you know, I shouldn't be talking to you. And then Leslie Nielsen just appears out of nowhere. They both stand up and they have this weird competition of like, who's going to sit down first, Leslie Nielsen or the man in red? And is the count off thing. Yeah. Which I did like this (laughs) line. I thought it was actually pretty well, like well delivered. Yeah. Yeah. Where he goes, (laughs) they're like, you sit down first. No, you sit down first. Adam goes, I can count to three. And Leslie says, like, congratulations, yeah. <laughs> the public school system has served you well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or whatever it was, that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> that was a good one. So they both sit down and there's this whole like exchange like, oh, you know, Adam's like the one and the man in red eventually leaves. Leslie Nielsen basically says like, yeah, don't you remember your seventh birthday where you wished you could fly and you start flying and we get a flashback. And he's like, Mom, I'm flying. And his mom just yells, shut up. And then we cut back <laughs> to the present. <laughs> and of course, she was watching her Jerry Springer. Duh. Who isn't? And uh, Leslie Nielsen gives him his first mission, which is to go to Rebecca's house, take off her bra, feel her right bubby, and bring the bra back to Leslie Nielsen because it is the key. And Lifshitz says, what is the key? Oh, it's this small metal thing to open doors. Yeah, it's like I hate it. like things. I hate that I still laugh at those jokes and the part of it, like the fact that they're just ripping that straight out of Leslie Nielsen's movies. Exactly. But like, ugh, it's so funny. And I get they kind of get a pass, I guess, because he's Leslie Nielsen playing Leslie Nielsen. But exactly. It, but it's still like, like I, I, I hate that I give them my laughter on those jokes. But God, it always, it always catches me off guard. Yeah. So this is when uh, Leslie drops the bomb that the man in red is either. Adam's father or a very close cousin and they're not quite sure yet big difference very big difference unless you're in like Texas or something (laughs) so uh, then we cut to them at the party Leslie Nielsen goes with him and he's like okay so what's the plan I need to get Rebecca's bra and feel her right boob and well that's all you told me all right let's go (laughs) and Adam says I'm not going anywhere until you answer some questions Leslie reveals that he's only permitted to answer three questions, and he already told him that his father might be the man in red, to which Adam replies, that's a question? And Leslie goes, well, that's two. And his only question that he gets to answer is, are you really Leslie Nielsen or some other kind of being in disguise? Leslie Nielsen says, oh, that's a good one. People usually ask me about working with OJ. (laughs) Which, like, considering what's happening with OJ... (laughs) Yeah, I was, and that was, uh, let's see, so this came out, what, 07? Yep, 2007. Yeah, so that would have been, oh man, yeah, I guess he would have been, what point in that whole debacle where would we be? 
I actually, I, you know, I should have looked that up. Yeah. Anyway. Sure <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the point of it, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It, it really is like you're getting a taste. I know I keep interrupting our flow through the story, but it's just you keep getting a taste of Leslie Nielsen's characters throughout this. And you're like, yes, it's the Leslie Nielsen I know and love, but not really. Yeah. It's like they literally just like transplanted jokes from Airplane and Naked Gun. They just slice them out and drop them into the show. And then got Ty Durrell to phone in a like 60% performance. And like, I don't know. It, it, it just, it, it is it, the pacing, this delivery, even this house scene. Like, like the fact that they don't acknowledge at any point how like, I'm not trying to be, it's not like I'm being like overly PC here. It's just wildly inappropriate that they're like, oh yeah, go and feel this girl's boob up. It's like, just like, it's like, just do it. And it's like, it's so, I, I mean, not in the way of like high school shows like movies and stuff where the kids are like oh my god i'm gonna like hook up with this girl it's like no like a 70 year old actor is telling a teenager to go steal the bra from another teen i don't know it's it's like just there's just so many levels and at no point does either of them consider the fact that this is like really creepy yeah i don't don't understand like i get he's leslie nielsen the guy's like oh my god leslie nielsen but like robert downey jr leslie nielsen or some actor came to me and said yeah i need you to go take a girl's bra like wait what like does yeah. that not strike you as like completely like sexual deviant territory am i am i alone here yeah <laughs> but anyway yeah so yeah you say yeah, as you were saying he's going to this party the house he's got to go steal the bra and, that, and that's when we start making our way into that weird the, the the seven minutes in heaven scene right yeah uh he's trying to like find rebecca and everybody asks like where's rebecca they're like oh screw you lip shits piss off and then he eventually makes his way to a room where they're doing seven minutes in heaven. And Rebecca says she's going to go into the closet with whoever can guess closest to the number she's thinking. And earlier, Leslie told him the number three will serve you well. So he guesses three. She says, yeah, that's exactly the number. And we cut to, before they get into the closet, we cut to Leslie doing like a beer bong in the party. Everybody's cheering him on. And the man in red shows up and they decide they're going to take it outside and start a fight. Oh, yeah, we haven't mentioned at this point, right, that, like, the man in red hates Leslie Nielsen. He, like, yeah. apparently gave him a scar, and he's, like, he's, like, just hates him so much. He's just, like, oh, I hate Leslie Nielsen. Like, uh, he's just just always growling about him. He just hates him. And it's like, uh, did you ever watch Clone High? Yeah. Uh, was it John Stamos? Yeah. <laughs> Stamos, I hate Stamos. Like, it's, like, very much that without the shrill screeching and a robot butler. Exactly. <laughs> Although we we could have had a robot butler in this show, wouldn't it be it too far? Totally, from- it would have one hundred percent fit. You are totally right. <laughs> like that would have been that would have been a completely appropriate and in tone addition to this. <laughs> so they decide they're going to take it outside, and we cut back to Lipschitz in the closet with Rebecca, and they're just kind of standing there. And he gets kind of creepy because he mentions like, "Oh yeah," she goes, "Oh, you're in my trig class, right?" And he goes, yeah, also study hall, blah, 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 this class, this class, this class. In the third grade, you borrowed a pen from me once. Right. Like that classic kind of like you've, they've clearly had way too much time. They paid attention. It's like, oh yeah, back in this time. Like, and like, we've seen that before. So like in that case, it's like, yeah, it's a little like, oh my God, he's obsessed. But it's not being like, yes, and you go to the bathroom at noon. It doesn't like cross yeah. into that territory, luckily. So it's like they just do on the cusp. steer a little clear. Yeah, they steer <laughs> a little clear. They, 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 they showed a little, uh, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not restraint. discernment. Yeah, restraint. 
And then they don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he like goes in to like kiss her and she like shoves him away like, what the hell are you doing? And he goes, I don't fondle girls normally. I don't fondle myself. Well, I do. But like, and he goes off in this weird like rant and then stops himself. Guys like me never get a shot with a girl like you. Like the very classic speech about. Uh, you know the, the 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 little guy never wins and da, 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 da. yeah it's, it's that it's that kind of feel but not very coherent <laughs> yeah at which point like he mentions like leslie nielsen needs your bra and i need to feel up your boob and she just kind of rolls with it for some reason which we do find out later but like if this was anybody else they would have been like you need to go to a hospital you're insane Right, and then, like, she does a little bit of kind of like, I brought you in here because I didn't think you'd do this. Like, I you didn't even guess the right number. I just said that was it. Yeah. But then, like, he gives that whole heartfelt speech, and then he's like, you're so beautiful, da 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 And all of a sudden, she's like, oh, well, I guess I'm okay with it because you laid some compliments on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so then we get uh, outside, and Leslie and the man in red are, like, fist fighting and everything. And they Wrestling get his- on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> awkwardly fighting old men yeah there's this like exchange about how leslie's just like you're horrible and ty says i'm rubber and you're glue what bounces off me sticks to you and leslie says in that case you're the most wonderful and handsome man in the world and the man in red just goes curse you nielsen yeah and like such like a it was such a cheesy way and again that's something like in the context of airplane that works right like yeah like it's, something where it's, it was it, like the or- first time it would have been done Right, and and just also like the whole world of airplane and naked gun, like everyone says ridiculous things constantly to the point where it normalizes it. So if someone says something like that, and then someone yells, you know, curse you, Nielsen, like you would believe the person's feeling that. But these two guys are operating in the real world, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the real world where apparently if you give enough compliments, you can feel a girl up. But the, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the, it's again like the two of them. They're just it's transplanted. It just it feels so not in the rules of how the world works it's like it's like kind of when you watch you watch firefly right those awkward moments and pacings work because the context and uh, i just think that the the dialogue in this they like come up with a joke that's kind of from somewhere else and they just patch it in and and they just try to build dialogue around it to get them to their joke right like i feel like they definitely were watching like airplane or like any other leslie nails like naked gun or something and they were just like they were just like, oh, we could write a joke based on this joke, like that type of thing. Yeah, again, the, just the self-referential, all the meta, it just it's just dripping with it. And you're just like, oh, like, come on. <laughs> so the man in red pulls out a rocket launcher and is about to shoot Leslie Nielsen and says, say goodbye, Leslie Nielsen, to which Leslie Nielsen replies, I won't say it. And he gets like, oh, come on, just say it. Come on. To which he doesn't shoot him. He waits until he will say goodbye. And Lipschitz sees it, and he comes out wearing a football uniform and tackles the man in red. Oh, didn't the football have the uh, the, the uniform have the number three on yep. it? Didn't he, like, spot it? And he's like, oh! Yeah, he goes, oh, number three. And he screams, that's for leaving me and my mom, you son of a bitch. And the man in red goes, well, I mean, we're still not entirely sure that I'm your father. And Leslie Nielsen hops into a uh, a motorcycle with a sidecar, which for some reason has been there the whole time. And they both drive off the Bonnie Tyler, I Need a Hero song is playing. The man in red shoots at them with the missile. Leslie Nielsen inexplicably stops it with his hand and says, I can only do that once. So they drive away. 
Which was like, oh my god, that was just so frustrating. Again, it's like, you've already established these are real people. Is Leslie Nielsen mean Leslie Nielsen? He is not an actual god or an angel or something. And I get it, it's the devil and angel kind of side by side. I get that. But like, they just, the, the, the show keeps rewriting the rules throughout. So I don't mean to cut you off. I know I keep doing that. Oh no, it's fine. But I was like, <laughs> he just stops the missile. I go that once. And you're like, okay, first off, if you're going to have him do that, that line was stupid because it's like, you gave yourself a stupid, like, out for this moment and then hand waved it away and made sure i noticed it like I don't, right. I don't like there is every rule of writing and i'm not a good writer i'm a terrible screenwriter i am horrible but man i would listen to that and just be like guys like <laughs> this is this is i, mean, I can't believe they sat there most of this stuff gets like during a punch-up session or something you know they just sat there going like all right who did this who allowed this like <laughs> <laughs> Like if they had established like in the beginning of the show, like okay, Leslie Nielsen has these powers and shit, like it would make sense. But like you said, like this this happens in the real world to an extent, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, the social like the social patterns and the way people interact are not broken enough for you to do the absurd. Like I think about that guy again. I think in the airplane, the guy in the tower being like, you know, it's like to the tower, Rapunzel, and like that scene's hilarious. Yeah. But it's also like that is par for the course in how people are acting in that movie. Right. So it doesn't it just works. And in the show, it's like everyone acts normal except the three of them. And so at some point, like you said, when he's in the closet, how does some you're saying she's the only person who wouldn't turn to him and go, you need to be like psychiatrically evaluated. Like, what is wrong with you? So they get to a helicopter and the motorcycle and Jenny McCarthy's there. She's flying the helicopter. Well, we think she's flying the helicopter. Leslie Nielsen opens up the bra to see a key inside. And this is when they're just like, okay, we got to get in. Shirley can't be serious. I am serious and don't call me Shirley to kind of like complete the whole joke. Which was like, they they did it one too many times at that point. Oh, definitely. Like if you even barely skirted by with that first one, it's like, oh, guys, come on. Like write a joke, write an original joke, please, yeah. for the love of God. They were probably, like, at such a low pay age count, they were just like, we got to copy and paste some jokes. Let's go. <laughs> Guys, we barely made it through the commercial break. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> fix this. Let's fix this. Who's not busy? Jenny McCarthy? Okay, let's get her. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, they, like it's a surprisingly... Right, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, we'll get to the cast in a second, because that is something I am sure I will not shut up about. <laughs> so, they get in the helicopter. Jenny McCarthy says, like, oh, I'm not flying. You are. Get going. And that song, I forget the name of it, the one that just goes, there goes my hero. My hero. Watch him. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. I, we had a, that was a very nice rendition. Good job. Thank you. I think we, I think we harmonized very well. And <laughs> <laughs> so they take off in the helicopter and Rebecca comes out right next to the man in the red and she's wearing a red shirt and explains that she gave Leslie Nielsen a fake key and that the man in red is her dad. And he says, oh, by the way, there's a slight chance he's your brother, which isn't a problem unless he like felt you up or something. And then she kind of walks away as if it's like, haha, totally not creepy. Yeah, we got a very like Luke and Leia vibe there. Definitely. <laughs> and on the screen comes up to be continued, comma, hopefully. And then for some reason, instead of doing either this and ending it or the next thing and ending it, they did both. They do a next time on Lipshit Saves the World. And it's Rebecca and Lipschitz in bed, and they're they just like boned. And he goes, "I can't believe that just happened." It pans over. Leslie Nielsen goes, "Me either." And he's laying in the bed with them, which like 
that just bothered me the way they ended it. The to be continued, hopefully, and then they do that. Yeah. And it's a good moment they missed because, like, that was always one of my favorite things in Arrested Development when they would, like, have the next time on Arrested Development. Sometimes it was real, sometimes it wasn't. Yeah. And they always, like, use it as a good opportunity for a gag. And, like, oh, I could see that. It's funny. Like, if you liked it, Leslie Nielsen's in the bed with them. Yeah, that's funny. Like, that's something I would see Leslie Nielsen doing. That that kind of works. Like, it's not top notch, but I was like, huh, that chuckled. Yeah. It's like an easy laugh. Yeah, it's a quick little easy gag to, like, end on. I, I Yeah, it makes, makes total sense. Yeah, and that's uh, how this show ends. Oh, God. It was... I, I just... I can't ignore the obvious of, like, how do you get that stacked cast and build a show around this idea of work? Like, it's kind of got that Scooby-Doo vibe with the celebrities, right? Where it's like, it looks like they were setting up for different episodes to hover around celebrity guests. Right. But... You think about too, like in that episode alone, you've got Jane McCarthy, who appeals to a lot of people like her SNL background, her comedy movies, whether you like her or not. I don't know, like listeners, that's personal preference, fine. But as far as like the three people, Ty Durrell, Leslie Nielsen, and Jane McCarthy, that hits three very different spheres. Oh, 100%. And to have such a mediocre is generous. And and, and anyone who's like, I don't know if any of y'all listen to my shows or anything like that, but anyone who knows me, especially if my friends are listening to this, knows that I tend to not be super hard. I'm very like, I'm pretty charitable when it comes to making a movie or TV show. It takes so much and sometimes things don't work. I get it. But I was watching this and I went, there is so much wrong with this that either it was a super underpaid or understaffed group or both. But then you look at this cast and you're like, how did this, how did this pass a smell test? Like it really doesn't. And I get it. Like technically it didn't. It's, you know, it died. But I mean, the fact that this is a full pilot, and it's so like there actually is some raw potential there. Like I get what they were going for, and there's some funny stuff. Like, like even like the lead, I don't even know who that kid was, and he was fine. I think part of it was the writing, but they had the they blew their budget probably or blew favors on all these named people. I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, what was the point? Yeah, and like I feel like they were trying to get Jay Baruchel to do the lead role, but they blew their budget on everybody else. They went for a bargain bin Jay Baruchel. <laughs> that's actually pretty. Uh, prefer- I, I, that's actually a pretty good comparison. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mister Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mister Most Days Off, <laughs> and that's my best friend Richie the Whiz Kid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi ho there, podcast arenas. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy Best Darn Diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So, had this godforsaken show been picked up, what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen? What would we have seen? Well, I think, like I said, I think the Jenny McCarthy thing was a nod that you're going to see other celebrity cameos. So, I think, at least from what I was getting, it was going to be these like arbitrary missions. Like, the actual point of the mission is just a MacGuffin. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. to get them into situations. Like, they wanted to have a silly high school party scene where... Leslie Nielsen and Tyrell fight. They like have all these things they want to do, 
And it's the same way like Futurama and all these other shows do it. Like half the time, what they're actually trying to achieve isn't important. It's just like, okay, we want to put them on a planet where there's bouncy ball aliens and we can make ball jokes for 20 minutes. And so like how they get there is kind of irrelevant. They're like, all right, well, it's that brand again and war. They just, they just, it becomes the, it becomes the avenue for the humor they want to do and the jokes. I'm sure there's more to it than that, but you know, a lot of stuff, that's like a very common thing. It's how you get there is more important than really even why you're there. And I just think that it's hard to say what these other missions would have been. Cause like this key thing means like, it gives us no context to what the point was. Like it, it was it to open a door? Was it to seal something? Was it to find treasure? I don't know. Uh, but so it's, yeah, I just think you were just going to see more of these secret agent, quote unquote, haphazard missions that some awkward gangly high schooler was going to keep doing with celebrity guests along the way, flying helicopters and shooting bazookas. You know, it just, just, it seemed kind of like a little chaos thing. That's, that's kind of where I was, that's what I walked away from it thinking. Oh yeah, I definitely feel like they would have done like a lot of like, oh, you, we need you to do this mundane thing, and it's just going to go off the rails. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's, but I don't know. There's the humor itself indicates that to me that there wasn't a whole lot of thought in about why or what they were doing. It was just here's some jokes and let's get from point A to point B to point D to point Q and not really think about any of the ramifications on story and continuity and character development and like even the most basic comedies like there's something like you can take any show friends or you can take you know uh, seinfeld or whatever and there's character arc like there's something and these are all just like leslie nielsen's being leslie leslie nielsen ty Durrell's being creepy um awkward gangly teenagers being awkward gangly teenager no lessons are learned um they try to have a moment with his little monologue about the little guy but even then like it didn't serve a purpose it really it just a lot of this was purposeless and i think that's probably the running theme of it there's just no purpose <laughs> oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. do you have any episode pitches so i think i'm gonna stick with i think the best idea in the world which is it's a live action dr lipschitz origin story okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> no um so as i was going i was like okay what would be some funny stuff it's like all right well you obviously got to put them in some extreme climate or something so i'm thinking like a Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea episode or a, like climbs everest episode is definitely required oh yeah if you're gonna play the game of absurdity then have them do that or like oh he accidentally finds himself on a nasa rocket like <laughs> there's so many i think just anything where he's like doing some extreme i keep saying like sorry but anything where he finds himself in some extreme situation of weather or climate or environment you know uh, anything that is just he has no business there and he lacks the expertise is a must. Um, I think some strong cameo opportunities would be, you know, uh, I would have been incredibly impressed if after that OJ joke they got OJ on, but that's a long shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think they probably would have grabbed cast members from Modern Family and act as if like some of that's real or something or make like I just think it would be nothing but meta humor about what the actors have done. So I think any, I just think we, as far as a episode pitch, yeah, just Everest. Uh, you get Jane McCarthy on, and something about Ghostbusters is dropped. I mean, I just I, I can't think of ones that I really enjoy particularly. I guess my only thought is steer into the skid. Like, if this is what you're gonna do, go all in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is definitely like a hard show. I, I feel like this would have been a hard show to write for because, like, it's just so bizarre. 
Yeah, it's it is. Yeah, so like my only two episode pitches I wrote were like a two part series finale, and I called it the Tuches Loose because that's bringing back an old segment we used to do called the Tuches <laughs> Loose, where we throw Stanley Tucci in as a guest star, and you know I feel like it works for this show because you know it's just celebrities. Yeah. We have Adam, he's uh, at his school, and he opens up his locker, and Leslie Nielsen's just chilling inside his locker, like, hey, we got a mission for you, surprise. And it turns out Stanley Tucci is working with them, and he's been kind of, like, keeping tabs on the man in red, but he goes missing, and he needs to go... Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> So he tells Adam, like, oh, you gotta go save Stanley Tucci, because he's, like, super important. You know, you know why is he so important? Well, he's the she's lover she like the big person behind this that they never really reveal um when like when they get onto the uh helicopter in the first episode uh he thought jenny mccarthy was she but he's she's like oh no she doesn't have time for this which is weird that they like chose those names like they refer to adam as like he and whoever is this like all-knowing being as she but that's besides the point so he's uh they keep they do kind of have this like prophecy aspect to it but they like kind of quickly abandoned it (laughs) yeah so turns out stanley is she's lover that sounds weird saying she's but i'm gonna roll with it uh and i mean that's what they said yeah so so there's gonna be like a whole exchange like the oh what do you mean and leslie's like well they make the sexy time no i get that but like what do you mean like she is like a person that dates and stuff like that and adam goes on this whole mission and he gets double crossed by Stanley Tucci, who it turns out is working with the with the man in red. And he's like, "Oh, bum, I thought bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> that sound effect is going to be used the whole episode." Yes, with a nice dramatic zoom. Yeah, <laughs> and it's always going to end with like a like in Fight Club where there's like a random like snippet, like a frame of something else. It's just going to be a frame of Leslie Nielsen. So he's going to be like, "Oh, I thought you and she were a thing," and Stanley Tucci's going to make a joke like, "Oh, it was all fake. I faked all my orgasms, anyways." as could be to be continued. <laughs> so for the final part of the finale, Adam's going to wake up and the man in red and Rebecca are going to be there. And the man in red is going to be like, listen, Adam, this is your destiny. You got to die. Sorry. You can trust me because I am your father. Possibly. Like we're going to lead into the whole star Wars thing. Yeah. And obviously they'll never resolve. Like maybe it's not yeah. confirmed. Yeah, exactly. And, He's going to be like, yeah, I mean, we've been over this before. Like, it's not a surprise. So Leslie, now that he knows that Adam's kind of like missing, he forms like a like a, almost like a suicide squad type thing of celebrities led by she, who I think is going to be played by Betty White, because, you know, she was a big deal at the time. 2007. Yeah, that's fair. That was like the resurgence of Betty White. Yep. Yep. So they're all trying to hunt down the man in red and save Adam. And Adam, like, goes through this whole, like, Star Wars thing where he tries to, like, convince him, like, oh, you are, if you're my father, like, you should be good, all that fun stuff. And Rebecca is going to be, like, kind of like the Emperor, like, do it, do it now, like, that type of thing. (laughs) And she's going to shoot lightning out of her hands at Adam, and the man in red's going to do the whole no thing and kind of pick her up and throw her down and save him. And, you know, that's how how the whole show's going to end. You are so much better at pitching an episode than I am. Like, I sat there <laughs> trying to, like, come up with specifics, and I was just like, God, all I can think of is just, like, general, like, shenanigans. I don't <laughs> yeah, it's gotten but, to the point where I just lean to the bonkersness. 
Well, I, I think that's an episode. I mean, it's like, it's not even saying that I'd want to watch it. It just sounds like an episode they would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I check it out. That's enough celebrity cameos, kind of like a Kentucky Fried movie or, uh, yeah. <laughs> or, um, or, uh, the, oh God, uh, not, oh, Lil Nicky. Like things like yeah, there's just nothing but references and celebrity cameos. Like, all right, let's just buckle up and just (laughs) ride this out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I think that's going to do it for this one. Uh, Greg, do you want to do like a final like quick plug? Sure, just um, check us out, Jacks of Trades and Rumor Flies. Uh, We're on basically every podcast platform: rumorfliespodcast.com, jacksoftradespodcast.com. Check out my company in Death Media. I love shooting videos and editing. If y'all, honestly, if you ever just have to, if you want to talk shop, I do a lot of the producing and editing for shows. So um, I always enjoy talking shop and gear and equipment for like whether it's video or podcasting. So uh, yeah, reach out anytime. We, uh, I love guesting and stuff. And big shout out to Unaired here and Ed here. It's uh, really cool to be on. Uh, I really enjoy y'all's show, like I said. And it's, uh, I always enjoy an opportunity to guest and talk about film and television. Uh, no matter Leslie Nielsen or not, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's really fun to be on here. And, and I appreciate you uh, saying that my voice is one you want lent to the show. I hope it was helpful and informative in some way and not just exasperated. I know in a lot of these review shows and a lot of, uh, like, especially in like the comic book world and stuff, it's so easy to just be negative, negative, negative. And, uh, but it really was crazy to me to watch this and just be like, God, this is agonizing. Like, not the, <laughs> It is kind of like – it's like in the same way The Room. It really is kind of that cringy where you're like these people think they're being funny but they're not. Like this yeah. is like – has a few good – like you said, the the public school system line. I was like, that's gold. That like start there and rewrite the whole damn thing because that was funny as hell. And <laughs> <laughs> But there's – it's very few oases in this movie. But anyway, I'm totally off tangent from just plugging my stuff. Please check <laughs> my stuff out. Make sure you're subscribed to Unaired, of course, and make sure that you're – Five star and these guys, they're great. And, uh, or the show, however you want to put it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could five star us too. Like, go for it. Yeah, I was saying, it's, uh, you should definitely, uh, and uh, tell your friends about Unaired Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for being on, Greg. And definitely check out, especially Rumor Flies. Like I said, it's one of my top five shows. Definitely check out the Disney episodes. Every season they've started off with a Disney episode. Uh, it's been, th- those are always my favorites. <laughs> those usually get a good crowd so glad to hear that um yeah other than that uh check us out on itunes uh check out all three of those shows mentioned on itunes you know leave us a review if you like it if you don't i mean it's your life you do what you want uh we are on pretty much every social media we're at unheard podcast on twitter instagram we have a facebook check that out uh i think that's it Uh, Thank you, Greg, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I'm Ed. And I'm Greg. And and some things are better left on air. (laughs) Bye.